Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Do a bit of recap. Yeah, I think it's okay. Let's do uh, a bit of quick recap, two minutes, three minutes before we get into the Word. Is this air conditioning on? Just put it off. Alright, uh, first Sunday, what, what did you learn, everyone? You learned Boreos? I was say, which church is that? <laughs> okay, what was it? Growing up spiritually where? In a busy world. Alright, what, what are the, what did we say are the four myths of growth? The first one is what? Longevity. Did you write anything down? Read what you wrote. Just read. Don't pay attention to your neighbor. Don't be distracted. Just read your notes. Okay. So you added in the place of worship. Okay, that's fine. No, it's okay. Before others who did not write, copy your notes. Alright, so we said longevity as a Christian does not mean you have grown spiritually. What scripture did we use for that? Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 12. Number 2. I heard proximity, then I heard you are growing. What's in between proximity and growth? You know, the people causing confusion are those who did not write. So immediately you say proximity, they now remember, so they try to feel it. Okay, what scripture did we use for that? John chapter 14, verse 8 to 9. Alright. What was the third one? Being busy serving the Lord does not mean you are growing. What story did we use for that one? Mary and Martha. What scripture did we use for that? Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 40. Perfect. What were the four things we said about growth? Number one, you have to what? Okay. Number two, tend to be intentional. Number three, it has to be measurable. Number four, it has to be practical. All right. That's okay. That's perfect. All right. So your note is up to date. Let's, let's pray. Just get, I, I want to share something prophetic before we get into the word. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together, faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, um, we, we've looked at the four things about growth, right? It, it has to be deliberate. It has to start with a decision. It is intentional, it's measurable, and it's practical. Now, I, I want to share 
um, a prophetic vision that I had this afternoon and after I get into the word. So, uh, the Lord rarely speaks to me through visions. Most, most of the leading the Lord gives to me is through the inward impression. So, when the Lord speaks to me through a vision, it's uh, quite an important message. So, I'll use myself to describe the vision so that it's easy for you to relate. So, it was like I was in... Um, I was being made a traditional king, okay? And, you know, in my village. I was being made a traditional king in my village. And so they had all the people, everything was ready. And they were just to ask me a few questions that I was to just answer, and then they would do the installation. But obviously, uh, in my heart, I was already a bit offended with the whole people asking the questions and everything. So, when they started asking me the questions, if I made, made a little mistake, you know, they were like, oh, you don't know how to speak the language and a couple of things like that, and I would just flare up. I would just get angry. You know, so at the end of the day, uh, the installation did not happen. And when I got up from the dream, the scripture that impressed in my heart very strongly was that the anger of man does not walk the righteousness of God. And the reason I needed to share it publicly is, in this season that we are in, uh, there are things the Lord has already ordained for us. There are things that the Lord had already ordained. They are ours by predestination. But little irritation, anger, and all of those things would stop us from walking in them. So you have to be very careful as you go about your daily activities. You know, just being easily irritated, easily offended, because from the whole picture of the dream, everybody, including those I was offended with, um, wanted to give me the throne. I, I don't know if you understand. It's more like, do you understand the dream? Do, do you understand the message? It's very important. Do you, do you understand it clearly? Alright. So, it's almost like everybody just wanted me to be the king. David. Everything was ready. It was a big party. So, they just, you know how somebody will say, okay, uh, we want to make you a minister in the Federal Republic. Just come, answer a few questions and take a bow and go. That was what happened. But the questions... Be, just made me offended. Just, you know, little irritable anger. And uh, if you've been with me for a very long time in this ministry, I hardly say the Lord told me. Uh, I don't stand on this pulpit to say the word of the Lord if it's not the word of the Lord. And this scripture came to me, for the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. So there are things God has ordained for you this year. God has ordained for you this season. Get rid of little offenses and anger. Little, just being irritated by every little thing. Get rid of it. It is God's mind that you walk in favor. And I'm taking that very personal also. Um, the Lord does not share visions with me if it's not an urgent message. And that's why I'm sharing it so that it's recorded for as many as would listen to this message to so take a hold of it. Those little, little anger, even for people who, <laughs> who are in support of you, 
Because in that dream, the people who actually wanted to make me king, I was still angry with them, already angry with them. Those little things, it'll stop you. From, and I woke up from that vision, uh, not eventually being crowned king. So you have to take that as a warning from the Lord and uh, watch when your temper begins to rise. Pour water on it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Those justifiable, what you would call justifiable anger, it will not work out the righteousness of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All right. So <clears throat> let's um, let's let's get into two two thoughts came to my mind as I went over my notes again. The first one was the the point of proximity to a, a pastor or a Bible teacher does not mean you are growing. The first person that came to my mind strongly this evening as I was going through my notes again was Peter. Do you realize that Peter was the one who was with Jesus almost all the time, but there was no evidence of spiritual growth? Praise God. There was no evidence of spiritual growth in the life of Peter. And uh, the one who betrayed Jesus heard all the messages, followed Jesus around for three and a half years, but still betrayed Jesus. So, we must not equate proximity and longevity with spiritual growth. Praise God. We must not equate proximity and, spiritual, uh, uh, proximity and longevity with spiritual growth. So, it's important that we understand that. It's important that we understand that. And sometimes, that is why uh, we actually also get disappointed especially pastors they get disappointed with people when um, when they are with them for a long time and there have not been signs of growth alright because we kind of assume that if people are with us for a very long time they will just grow no, if they are not making effort for growth they will not grow are you following this now? Come on, are you following this now? If you don't make effort for growth, you will not grow. Now, the second example that came to my mind as I was going through my notes again was if you have ever flown uh, and they are giving those security. I don't know how many people listen to those things. Right? How many of you have been an, on an airplane before? And all those beautiful waitress and handsome waiter, hosts, Hostess, no waiter. <laughs> they come and they say, "We want to show you the security feature of a plane." You know, put, you know. I, I, you know. I always tell. I listen, okay. <laughs> but I always tell myself, "You think if there's emergency on the plane, you will remember where sits this thing is." You, my, my friend, you be chatting, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You are my lifeguard, Jesus. You forget lifeguard. So, but they always say this that. If in case there is a drop in air pressure, the oxygen mass will drop, right? Pull it tightly, put it over your nose. And they always say this, that if you're with a child, pull the oxygen mask over yourself first. Before what? Before your child or before you help others. Grow spiritually first before you help other people grow. Sometimes your emotions can go before your logic. 
There are people who are trying to help others. They have not grown. So spiritual growth is more impactful than as you grow, you are able to help others. Imagine, right? Uh, my son is in junior or secondary school. My daughter is in primary, primary school. Then imagine that my daughter comes and says he wants to help his brother to just put him through some mass. You know, out of the desire that he's preparing him for junior YX. Oh, I see you are preparing for this exam. Ah, this exam can be taught. I just want to put you through a few. Do you think that is workable? Now, she might have the desire to help the brother, but she doesn't have what? The capacity. You know desire and capacity are two different things. So, I'm not saying we shouldn't help people grow, but be conscious of your own growth. Be, be, you see, that's what a pastor should be. A pastor is always pouring out. You have to be conscious. You have to feed yourself. You have to go into meetings where you are learning the word. Praise God. You have to go into meetings where you are learning the word. You have to go into meetings where... Amen. All right. Praise God. Okay. So you have to go into meetings where you're learning the word. You have to go into meetings where you're being fed the word. All right. You have to go um, to your, to the Bible. Spend time on the word. I might put this off. Okay. Alright, so you have to get into meetings. You have to feed yourself the word. Put your mask on first before you help someone else. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hello? Alright. Then, the third thoughts that came to my mind as I was going through my notes again was the fact that if we do not grow spiritually, there are things God cannot use us to do. Now, all of us here, we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are born again. That's basic. We have kids in this service. We have children in this service. Okay? Do you think if we need to move these pulpits, I say, hey, we need to move these pulpits to another location. Let's move it this way. Do you think I'll say, well, all of you sit down. I don't like your faces. Let's get four children from that place to come and move this pulpit. Do you think we'll do that? Why? You don't know why. Huh? They are not capable. But are they human beings? Are you a human being? Are the children human beings? All of you human beings. <laughs> they are humans... But we don't have the capacity. Praise God. Amen. Alright, they're humans, but they don't have the capacity. It's the same way. We are all born again. But we are not at the same level of spiritual maturity. So, the agenda of the kingdom, the purposes of God... Is at the mercy of the maturity of the believers. You know, Jesus put it this way. There are many things I want to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. There are many things God wants to use you to do. 
There are many things that the Holy Spirit wants to do through you. But if you don't grow up spiritually, it becomes difficult for the Lord to use you to accomplish those purposes. Are, are you following this now? So if you want to be very useful to the things of God, your spiritual growth becomes mandatory. You are a human being, quite alright. But if I want to move this pulpit, I would have to ensure that I um, call people who have gone to the gym, who have done some level of exercise. So you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Your salvation is assured. But if you want to do great things for God, or you want God to use you to accomplish much for the kingdom, then your spiritual growth becomes priority, becomes a must, becomes a requirement. It's, 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 it is non-negotiable. Are you following this now? It's non-negotiable. So ultimately, let me put this out here and pay attention to this. It, we are the ones that determine how far the Lord can use us. I'll talk about that in maybe some other series. The man that God uses or the vessel that God uses. You determine how far God will be able to use you. Praise God. I said praise God. Alright, we're going to look at four principles from the life of Jesus that enabled him to grow spiritually. You know, on the earth, Jesus walked as 100% man and 100% God. So we knew he was tired, you know, he had the emotions of man and all that. But what are some of the things that Jesus did that enabled him to grow spiritually? Pay very close attention to this because this is where you can begin to practice the message Luke chapter 5 and verse 16 The four principles from the life of Jesus That enabled him to grow spiritually Luke chapter 5 And verse 16 But Jesus himself Go to verse 15 Let's read from verse 15 But the news about him was spreading even farther and large crowds were gathering to hear him and to be healed of their sickness. Look at that about Jesus. Large crowds were beginning to gather. How many of you think if large crowds are gathering, it means that Jesus was becoming busier? Do you think so? Hey, do you think so? Healing a few people. Wouldn't take much of your time But look at this It says the news about him was going farther More people were hearing about him The ministry was growing It was getting busier Alright And large crowds were gathering to hear him So now the ministry was growing To be healed of their sicknesses More crowds Verse 16 But Jesus himself <clears throat> would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. Look at that. How many times does Jesus does this? If we use the word often, what does he mean? Regularly. Can you imagine Jesus 
Now, what I want you to observe, I want you to observe two words in that verse. Look at that verse very carefully. Look at that verse very carefully. Observe this word. Often slip away. Three words. Often slip away. The word often there speaks of something being done regularly. Right? The word sleep there would mean what? <laughs> it's like you were with Jesus. He would often escape to go. This is Jesus. You know why? If you look at this in context, you will understand that if he did not do this, they would never give him a chance. That means Jesus would have been so busy that he would not have prayed. And what would keep him from prayer? The news of his ministry. He would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. Now, <laughs> it's interesting. It's interesting that Jesus used the principle of often sleeping away. If you don't often sleep away, you might end up going months without prayer. You know all those prayers you pray in your, on your bed. You know that if you want to advance the purposes of God, those are not the kind of prayer to pray, are we? When you are tired. Now, wrap your pillow. See, Father, you know my heart. You are God. What can we tell you that you don't already know? <laughs> Everything I have in mind to pray, you know. And Lord, because you know, I know that you know. Amen. Look at what Jesus, Jesus would, would sleep away. The disciples would not. In fact, in one of the verses, the disciples came and said, we've been looking for you. That means he went where the disciples did not know. If you don't learn to sleep away, you will never grow. The, the job will not become lesser. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, there's inflation in the economy. Your boss will make you work harder. So you people will be able to... Yeah, and he will tell you. It's legitimate. You see, if we don't work, we can't pay you. What's going to happen? How many of you, your jobs got easier when you entered this year? How many of you are working less? Even if they make you supervisor, is it less work? You see, the increase you are praying for will get you busy on the atrium. The marriage you are praying for will get you busy. The children you are praying for will get you busy. The admission you are praying for, when you get to the university, you will get more busy. The church growth we are praying for will get us more busy. Are you hearing? Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? If you don't learn the principle of slipping away, imagine Jesus. He would leave the city and go to the wilderness to find time to be able to pray. That's Jesus. He had to practice it. Even though he said, I am the father one, he had to practice this. Sleeping away to pray, to read, to meditate. This is the good news. Your life is not going to get less busier, except you are failing. It's when you are failing, your life gets less busier. You understand? Not you. This is just an example. They drop you from work. You are not jobless. You are not carry. Uh, People are going to work in the morning. You cross your leg in front of your house and that's when you get less busy. Because if you are actually productive, your boss will trust you with more responsibilities. 
If your children are growing, they will eat more. When they were small, you could give them pap and milk. Now you have to add meat, add eba, three times a day. Eh? You have to help them with homework. You have to help them with all kinds of stuff. When you were single, you could just go into your house, just lock your doors. I'm not today. I mean, you, nobody is asking you anything. It's just you trying to convince yourself that you don't want to cook. Is every time somebody will eat? I beg, I'm not eating. You just take coke, or take Fanta, or take biscuits and sleep. You know, if you have children, you know, if you have children, that life has ended permanently forever. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Surely when you have the children, that is when you are about to close for the night, that their hunger starts. You know, there are some children like that. When everybody is saying, ah, no, I'm not hungry, I will sleep like that. Then as you start putting off lights, when you now put the final lights off, say, eh, I'm hungry. <laughs> you know, after you are finished shouting, you still give them food. I don't like this thing, you are talking about, oh yeah, come! <laughs> Another one hour is gone. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, what am I trying to say? Get used to the fact that your life will not get less busy. Except you are not making progress. It's when you are failing, your life gets less busy. Do you remember what Jesus told that man with the talent? He said, you have multiplied ten talents. What are we going to give to you? Ten more what? He didn't say talent. Ten cities. Imagine from trading ten talents to ruling over ten cities. How many of you think, <laughs> I saw something on Facebook, it was quite interesting. One guy, you know, this is the time of declaration for politics here in Nigeria. One guy came out, of course he was joking, that they should vote for him. That he, he, wants, uh, he wants people to vote for him, either as governor of Ondo or Ogun state. That's two states. He said, either, he said, vote for me as governor, either of Ogun. <laughs> you know, but, people <laughs> can be funny. Alright? Your life will not get less busy. Except your failing. Do you think governing 10 cities is less, uh, less a tedious job than multiplying 10 talents? Which one do you think is easy? Which one do you think is easy? Talk to me, church. Imagine being a governor of 10 states. What's the reward for hard work? More work. So if you don't learn the principle of slipping away, you will never grow spiritually. Because you know what? Spiritual growth takes time. So Jesus was deliberate to slip away. Okay. The principle of frequently slipping away to pray, to study, and to read. Number two, let's look at the number two principle. Number two principle. Matthew chapter 14, verse 23. We're looking, I'm looking at the life of Jesus. If I have time, I'll show you from Daniel also. But let's look at Jesus. So you have to make up your mind this month that certain times you are going to slip away and pray and study. If you are married, sometimes your wife will not want you to sleep away. When you want to sleep away, they'll just hold you. So wait, where did they go? Say, I want to pray. Say, but you prayed yesterday. <laughs> you know, people can love you out of spiritual development. Eh? <laughs> let me tell you eh? let me tell you about spiritual growth your spiritual growth helps a lot of people to get their lives going I had two testimonies pay attention I had two testimonies um, this week 
some, I, I, I had the person's name but it's not here with me sent me a testimony that he got a job with one of these companies and we rejoice over that amen now uh, there, there was a, a man who's a member of our church now he, he came to me sometimes last year he's got this very terrible spinal cord injury right here it's, it's gone to hospitals all over and it was very serious so he came to me in the office and um, laid hands on him prayed over him he went so he, he came back and I just remembered when I saw him on, on, on for, for counseling and I said I, were you the one that came for the spinal cord stuff and all that he said yes obviously he had shared the testimony with me and he said after that prayers he was miraculously healed miraculously healed he brought the medical report it was a bad spinal cord issue bad spinal cord issue it's gone to the hospital in Port Harcourt everything brought it and I said oh I just remembered and he's been completely healed you see your spiritual growth would help someone else are you hearing what I'm saying you see your growth look at what the Lord told look at what Joseph told the children of Israel he says listen you thought you sold me he says but the Lord sent me ahead to preserve you from dying the things you are learning today you would use to help your children to walk in victory the things you are learning are you following what I'm saying the things you are learning today all of you will not be here forever some of you will get jobs abroad go somewhere else these truths will become your staying power that's why you cannot afford to be lazy about your spiritual growth that's the only thing you have access to everything material can disappear but what you know and who you are in Christ is a reality that you can take anywhere and be of help to someone hallelujah I said hallelujah number 2 Matthew chapter 14 and verse 23 are you there Matthew 14.23 let's look at verse 22 or let's look at verse 20 you know the story right verse 20 Matthew 14 where he gave them 5,000 fed them with loaves so let's just read from verse 20 and they all ate and were satisfied 5,000 guys just ate they picked up what was left over of the broken pieces 12 full baskets and that's to tell you these guys were satisfied 12 baskets were left eating <laughs> There are about 5,000 men who ate besides women and children. You know women and children are always more in crusades. Oh, yes. Women and children. Even in church. Yeah. In churches. Yeah. And let me tell you this. If you are a pastor, if women wants to support your ministry, you will go for that. Oh, I'm telling you, if women support your ministry, uh, you, you will go for that. They can convince their husband to give to tithe no I'm, I'm in scripture oh hold your place there Luke chapter 8 Luke chapter 8 very quickly Luke chapter 8 you know I did a I did a theological research paper on women the support of women in ministry and I found that a lot of the apostles were supported by women In Acts chapter 16, Lydia was the one that said, Paul should come to the house. 
And Lydia was a seller of purple curtains. In those days, if you were selling purple curtains, you were, you were wealthy. Priscilla and Aquila also, they were couples. Go to Luke chapter 8, quickly. Verse 2. Verse 1. Soon afterwards, he began going from <coughs> one city and village to another, proclaiming and preaching the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him. And also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and sicknesses. Mary, who was, who was called Magdalene, from whom seven demons have come out. And Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod, Stewart, and Susanna, and many others who were contributing to their support out of their private means. All the women were listed. The other ones were said as many others. The bulk of the partnership that came to Jesus what came from women. That's why most false prophets are also supported by women. <laughs> and true prophets and false prophets. When Jesus died, who went to the grave? Huh? Where were all, what were all the men doing? They hid. It was a woman who went. You know, the first person to preach the gospel was a woman. The Lord told her, Mary, says, go tell my disciples and Peter. The only challenge is that the way we have trained women, immediately they get married, their whole vision is like they have come to a final bus stop. The attention is now torn from the kingdom. That's why I wrote, relevant for God's eternal purpose. It's like, my, my children, my house, my marriage. So that's all they consumed about. But if you want your ministry to go far, you have to pray that the Lord will touch certain women to partner with you. So for, if a woman wants to give to ministry, gives freely. I'm telling you the truth. But you can decide to be a man that changes that. <laughs> okay, where were we? Matthew chapter 14. How did I get to this women issue, sir? Matthew 14, 23. But I hope, I mean, yes, it was because we said 5,000 men ate. Besides women and children. So you know that women and children will be more. So we're talking about well over maybe 15,000 people here. Verse 22. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boats and go ahead of him to the other side. While he sent the crowd away. Verse 23. After he had sent the crowds away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was there alone. This is the principle of sending people away so you can find time to study. You know, Jesus could have gone with his disciples. Are you following this? Come on, are you here with me? Jesus could have gone with the disciples, but what did he do? He sent them away. You have to learn to send people away so you can find time to pray. Oh, sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll be studying from 9 to 10. The principle of sending away. Sometimes you have to send your children away so you can pray. You guys, I want to pray. I want to read the Bible. See, if you don't do it, you will not study. You will not pray. He sent the crowds away. He sent the crowds away. I'm showing you very practical things Jesus did so he could spend time with the Father and grow. Separating yourself, principle of slipping away often and sending people away. You must learn it. Oh, can you give me two hours? I'd like to study and put your 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 pay, your 
phone on plane mode or flight mode. Just be off and spend time with the Father. Spend time with God. Spend time reading. Spend time. And I realize that as I seek to also improve on my own time productivity I might I realize that if you don't set the priorities for your time, other people's priorities become your priorities. Are you following this? If you don't set the priority for your time, other people's priority will become your priority. So they will encroach into your time, encroach into your space. The principle of sending the crowd away. <laughs> Bishop Dag, he would Mills used to talk about how many of you had those things in the university when you uh, I don't know how do you always write it on the door or when you wanted to read? Is it there's something we always wrote in front of the door? Uh, do not disturb. No, it's, do not disturb is more modern. There was this phrase we used to write in school, something about reading or something. But you know, you just wrote a paper and put it in front. So, Bishop Dad was talking about one of his friends that, and then you you know you write those things there. Maybe do not disturb. I want to read, or you know another. You just put something. Let's say do not disturb. You know some of your friends. They will knock, and you say you know you are not answering because you don't. You say I know you are there. I know open is me. <laughs> you know there isn't that relationship to. So Bishop Dad said this particular um, friend of his wrote. Do not disturb. I am reading and praying. Then under in said, Be it known unto you that if you continue knocking, I will not open this door. <laughs> Is that because they will write those things and people will still knock, knock, knock. So you have to write, Be it known unto you that if you persist in knocking, this door shall not be open to you. So now you know that this guy is not coming out. You need to set those priorities. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hey, 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 are you hearing what I'm saying? If not where you are reading, you'll still be picking calls. Hello? I'm studying Bible. I will call you later. <laughs> and thank God for the way our network is. You can't hear me. I say I'm reading Bible. Call it back. <laughs> or I'm praying. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Principal sending people away. If you are not deliberate about your growth, nobody will be deliberate about your growth for you. People want your time. People want your attention. Do you realize just shutting down one hour every night, how much you would cover just reading? People say, oh pastor, I don't have the time to read. Nobody has the time to read. No, listen, nobody has time for anything that you don't give time to. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you here? Are you here? Nobody has time. Do you realize that even eating, if you don't give time to it, you will not eat? If you don't prioritize it, you will not eat? You know, some of you eat only when you are hungry. And you know that's a bad way to live. Because it's only when your system is crying out for food that you eat. And that's why today you have a lot of people that are suffering from ulcers. The ulcers they have is self-inflicted. It's not demonic. It's not looking after their body. You know, for some of you, your tummy will torn, 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 crying. Everything in your crying. Put something now, put something. Then you just grab biscuits and put. It's eating. 
when you are 40, when you are 45, when you are 50, you start looking for healing scripture. I confess. I have new organ. I confess. You can stop that confession today by being deliberate. I'm telling you this. Christians, a lot of Christians abuse their bodies. And when we are young, we use all our immune system to sustain our lives. And by the time we're getting old, we've, we've abused it. You eat only when you're hungry. You eat food that's not good for you. Hmm? Then you work and work and work. And you know, there's a, there's a way you can train your body with hard work that your body would resent sleep. So, when you are sleeping, your body feels like you are not doing the right thing. I'm telling you. So, you walk and walk and walk and sleep late and wake up late. Your body has been programmed. So, when you rest, you feel bad. Your, your body will go. There, there were these camels in Zamfaraden. They used to carry load a lot. You know camel? They used to carry load. Some camels and horses. They used to carry load. Heavy load from the farm. They were so used to it that when there was no load, they would be crying. Yeah. They would be crying, crying. There's no load. Put something. Put something on my body. Yeah. So you can train your body that way. In such a way that when you, even if you sit down, if they say, let's say now you are at home, and they say rest, you now sit down by this flower, you will arrange it. There's nothing wrong with it. You just are putting it together. You, your body like, do something, do something. You arrange it. Even if they say, oh, put your hand here and rest. You arrange the Bible. You, there's something always, you know, prompting you to work. That's why even when you, you are wealthy and you now get old, your children will have to force you because you will be working. So, it's time to enjoy your money. You say, no, you will not start farming. <laughs> then there are the, the, the ones that are opposite. Their bodies used to laziness when they are walking. So those people can be washing plates and be sleeping. Extreme. Alright? So you have to train your body right. So Jesus sent them away. Number three. Mark one thirty five. Mark one thirty five. The principle of rising early in the morning. Mark one thirty five. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Are you learning something this evening? I didn't hear you. Are you learning something this evening? Say amen if you are. Alright. Mark one thirty-five. Let's look at from verse 29. And immediately after they came out of the synagogue, they came into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was lying sick with fever, with a fever. And immediately they spoke to Jesus about her. And he came to her and raised her up, taking her by the hand. And the fever left her and she waited on them. She served them. When evening came after the sun had set, they began bringing to him all who were ill and those who were demon-possessed. And the whole city, look at this, the whole city gathered at the door. And he healed many who were ill with various diseases, cast out many demons, and he was not permitting the demons to speak because they knew who he was. Verse 35. Early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to a secluded place and was praying there. The principle of rising early in the morning. 
The principle of rising early in the morning. Look at verse 36. Simon and his companions searched for him. And they found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. Can you imagine? They found him to where he was praying. <laughs> we have been looking for you now. What kind of prayer? Will you not sleep? <laughs> the whole city. He got up early in the morning. You see, you must learn to maximize your mornings. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm showing you practical principles from the life. Maximize your mornings. If you get up 30 minutes earlier, you can pray. Hmm? Learn to maximize your mornings. And the number one reason why a lot of people cannot maximize their mornings is that they sleep late. You see, the body has a cycle. If you sleep late, in the morning you will be grumpy. Hmm? If you sleep late. And your body, let me tell you something. Pay attention to this. Your body can be programmed. For instance, I usually wake up by 4.30 a.m. I usually wake up by 4.30 a.m. It doesn't matter. Now, I might go back to sleep. If I want to sleep, I might sleep longer. But if it's 4.30, whether the alarm goes off or not, I'll just stand up. Those of you who do school runs for your children, you know even during holiday, you are still doing school runs. Because you might just sleep and still wake up by 5. Even if you sleep back, you are making pop in, in the dream. You know, sometimes you might wake up and just feel like, hey, these children are late for school. You now realize what? It's holiday. What happened? Your body, listen, listen. That's your body that is looking at me like this. You can program it for success. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You can program your body. So if you go to bed late, it will be difficult to maximize the morning season. There are some people that until 12 hits, they will sleep. Even if they are doing nothing, they're just walking around. 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 Something will always come up. They say, I'm not feeling sleepy. I'm not feeling sleepy. I'm not feeling sleepy. Hmm? And there are those that can be in, on their bed. That's why if you have the ability to sleep at will, you have to be grateful to God. It's a gift that is a blessing. Some people can be on their bed two hours. They are looking for sleep. That's when the devil will begin to roam their mind. To begin to think evil things, bad things. <laughs> they will not unlight. Blood of Jesus. Blood of Jesus. Another two hours. You have to train yourself. Are you going to say you can sleep at will? Yeah, it's a blessing. Some people can hardly sleep. You know, some people cannot sleep in the afternoon. If they sleep, people will be chasing them. It's like, get up, get up. Why are you sleeping? Get up. When they get up, they are more. Okay. So, but you must learn to maximize the morning. Get up a little bit early. Spend time with God. Praise God. The, the other thing, Luke 6.12 We're looking at Four practical things Four practical things I'm thinking of Expanding this a bit In a little book So if it comes out, more truths Will be added in there He awakened my ear morning by morning To hear his word Something about rising early Going to a secluded place And seeking God Child of God, you need God. You need God. You need, you see, you don't need to be a casual seeker of God. You need God. The world is a terrible place. The world is a wicked place. You need God to survive. You need, I'm telling you, you need God. You know, my friend, Apostle Brandon Bailey, sent me a message yesterday and he was like, I, I just have a burden to pay for my friends. I said, what's going on? He said, I just sense in the spirit, people are becoming wearied. People are just becoming weary, just tired. Just burnt out. 
Christianity is just like, let's go to church one more time. Heck, you know, there's something about the joy of your salvation. Hmm? The joy of your salvation. Still excited about the word. Still excited about the things of God. Praise God. Still passionate about worship. You know, there's a song I've been listening to all week long. I, I, I'm, I'm just playing it. Um, I'm, I'm just playing it all the time. Um, it's a better song. It says, I will never lose my sense of wonder. Still mystified, just like a child. Let me never lose my sense of wonder. I just like it. Let's not, let's, let, let's, let's still be amazed by Jesus. Hmm? Let's still be amazed by him. Let's, let's still open the Bible and we're excited reading Mark. Let's, let, let us still gaze at Jesus and we're still mystified by his beauty. We're still entrailed by his love. That preaching is not just monotonous. That reading the Bible, just coming to church is not Just writing messages is not monotonous. That the adventures that we seek will be adventures of faith, will be adventures of His Word, will be adventures of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Luke 6 12. Luke 6. Are you still here? Say amen if you're here. All right. It was at this time he went off to the mountain to pray. And he spent the whole night in prayer to God. Maximizing the night seasons. Take advantage of the night seasons. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? Take advantage. Cut down on the movies you're watching. Cut down on the entertainment. Cut down on the social media infiltration. Get in the world. Maximize the night. Some night decide to stay up all night and get into the word. Get into the word. Feed yourself on the word. Hallelujah. You see, Jesus had to take all these practical steps so he can maintain his fellowship with God. He can do the things that God has put in his heart. The principle of slipping away. The principle of sending men away. The principle of maximizing the morning season. The principle of maximizing the night season. Those two hours in the night you are awake. Can you do more spiritually? Let me show you another man very quickly and then we'll, we'll, we'll worship a bit. Go to Daniel chapter 9 and verse 2. Thank you Lord Jesus. Brother Copeland said... Mind renewal and spiritual growth will cost you two things. Number one, it will cost you time and it will cost you money. Time, based on some of the things we've talked about, money in buying materials, in buying books, buying, maybe going for meetings and the rest. How many of you go back home and study the notes that you have written? Hmm? How many of you go back home and go back to your notes and study the notes and read the books again that you have? Read them deliberately. Daniel 9.2 In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, observed in the books the number of the years which was revealed. Let me turn my Bible there. I want to read something. Daniel chapter 9. 
verse 2. Let me set my eyes on it. In the first day of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, first, uh, verse 1, please, of Median descent, who was made king over the kingdom of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, observed in the books, in the number of the years which was revealed, as the word of the Lord to Jeremiah, the prophet for the completion of the dissolution of Jerusalem, namely 70 years. Look at verse 3. It says, So I gave my attention to the Lord God to seek him by prayer and supplications with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. Look at this. Look at Daniel. He read in a book He read in a book That the captivity of the children of Israel Will be 70 years He decided I'll give my attention To prayers To fasting Was Daniel not busy in Babylon? He was busy hmm? Look at it Look at it He began to give his attention to the things of God what steers people into the work of faith is what they read in books. What stirred me to begin to study the message of faith and begin to develop the work of faith was magazines that I read. Magazines of Brother Copeland, magazines of T.L. Osborne. I remember reading Adventures of Faith by John Gillick and he shared the testimonies of the miracles that he... I mean, he stirred a passion in my heart. Read God's generals and we spent time praying. You see, every book you read... Should stare something. There's a book I'm reading now uh, by a man called Gosta Oman. It's called uh, The Miracle of the Rise. They had, a, they had a revival. The man had a revival in Sweden and in South Korea. For six months there was famine. They had over 750 kg of rice. And miraculously, by prayers and faith in God, that rice multiplied to over a ton and fed the Christian community for six months. It didn't, it didn't get finished. Some of you need that miracle. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I, I'm reading that book and man is tearing my heart like God. In fact, in the book, he wrote something. He said, some of the miracles in this book, you might not believe them. This guy has been a missionary for 82 years. And he says, the Lord sent him to preach to the poor people of the world. What books do you read? Do they prompt you to seek the Lord? Daniel read... If Daniel had not read that by 70 years we should leave this captivity, he would have just been there saying, ah, we don't know God's will for us. Maybe God just brought us here to teach us a lesson. There are many people like that. Just There's no clear direction in their life. So you have to make time to read, to see certain possibilities. There are books in your shelf that are answers to your cries. Are you hearing this? You see, in this world, Decide that you will be a world changer. Make up your mind about it. Make up your mind. You see, when I think of my life, and I think of where the Lord by His grace has brought us, I can remember that part of the path we are towing is that when we read certain book, we, we decided. I remember when I read Move of the Spirit by Ames Simpe McPherson, the founder of Foursquare Gospel Church. Ames Simpe McPherson used to have what you call stretcher days. This dear woman will bring all kinds of people on stretcher, put them in a hall. She will stand and preach and declare everybody to stand up. And you'll see miracles. Miracles. 
I mean you read those books and you're like God do it again John G. Lake you know after he left South Africa went to a city called Spokane, Washington and in Spokane, Washington he started what is called the healing rooms he began to teach people he called them the, healing, the divine healing technicians he began to train them how to minister to the sick train them you see your qualification for graduating that school was that you healed sick people and they brought someone with incurable disease and you stayed with them until they were healed that's when you become a DHT certified healing technician taught them how to heal the sick and they declared Spokane, Washington as the healthiest city in the world their impact was so much that disease was rare in that city in fact John G. Lake was arrested for practicing medicine without license yeah. John Alexander Dewey who founded Zion City he lost his mom, he lost his sister his family was dying there was a plague, more like the COVID-19 plague and then he was tired he was frustrated so he took his Bible and he threw his Bible down and said I'm tired of this Christianity there's no power in it then there's no need and his Bible fell open to Acts 10.38 how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth that he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil his eyes fell on oppressed of the devil and he says you know what sickness is from the devil that started a prayer revival in his mind that I mean he had one of the strongest healing anointings ever and then he founded Zion City in Illinois Alexander Dewey Alexander Dewey when you read things like that it should stretch your heart to prayer stretch your heart to prayer I can tell you of Jonathan Edwards Charles Spurgeon, Charles Wesley, John Wesley John Wesley's mother had seven kids, seven sons out of the seven he gave the word John and Charles Wesley John Wesley founded the Methodist church Charles Wesley wrote most of the hymns of the Methodist church how was John Wesley's mother praying he would put a blanket over her head and tell her seven sons I want to pray don't come near me that's how, he, that's how she was sleeping away she had time to nurture seven sons in the fear of God without technology what are the books you read you see whatever books you read will stay your heart if all you are reading is how to make a, how to be a millionaire in three days million splash millionaire next door you will not think spiritual things all this will be, all your conversation is bitcoin forex sell this to buy this you will not think you will not think healing the sick you say we'll, we'll send you to the nations man of god we want to buy ticket for you god wants to use you don't send me send you you go <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. I'm not saying don't read those books, but see, the books you read will shape your taste. That's why I'm very careful. The books you read will shape your desires. Are you hearing what I'm saying? As a lady, it's good. Read marriage book. Read, read go and read books of some women that God has used to shake the world. There's a lady right now, Evangelist Nyae. I mean, she's doing tremendous ah oh boy, tremendous work in the nations with girls. Heidi Baker, Iris Global, she was a missionary in Mozambique. They've seen multiplication of food in Mozambique. They've seen the dead raised. They've seen revivals in Mozambique. Heidi Baker, I think I have one of her book, uh, something at weight by love or something. Heidi Baker, Marilyn Hickey, Marilyn is one of the ladies who has had the largest crusades in Pakistan. In a, in, a, in a Muslim dominated 
country. She's got the largest crusade ever. Ever. Thousands of people gathered in Pakistan, giving their lives to Christ. She's a strong woman. 80 plus years, still going strong. Those are slay queens of the spirit. There's much more to life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hey, leave all this much more courage. This courage in the yard. This one, this one. Leave it. There, there are higher things in the shelf of life. Do you know your life will dramatically change if you stand up and you see one blind eye is open? Eh? You, you, you will lose taste for material world. When you see the joy in a mother's face, that through the laying on of hands, what doctor said could not be done was done through your hands. Ah, your life will change. You know, the petty things, the enemy keeps us around this lane, keeps us around, so that if, if we don't catch a vision for the harvest, we will not stretch for higher things. I can go on and on and on and tell you, how did I learn about African nations? Reading T.L. Osborne's magazine. His, the title of his magazine was Go, one, one Way, One Job. And that's how I learned a lot about African nations, just reading those magazines, just reading those magazines. All the crusades he had in Nakuru and all those places. They, they just inspired my love for Africa. You see, the books you are buying today is what will inspire your children. Your library is your children's picture. Your, the, your current library will be the picture of what your children... That's why it's called when children grow up, what their father read is what they read. If you have a father who is a poacher who is only reading newspaper, you grow up reading newspaper. Everything is local government election, local government election. That's what you... I'm telling you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why I say a lot of young people stumbled on negative stuff when they found it in their father's stuff. You understand what I'm saying? Go to their father's room and find some kind of dirty magazines and enter. So, you see, this your life is connected to many more lives. Be more deliberate about it. Hallelujah. Alright, one more scripture. Thank you, Lord. Daniel 6. You know, I'm just thinking, one of these Wednesdays, we'll just do revival stories. And just talk about revival. You know, even me as a pastor, I'm yearning. Lord, do it again. Lord, do much more. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Daniel 6, very quickly. It seemed good to Darius to appoint 120 satraps over the kingdom and they would be in charge of the whole kingdom. And over them, three commissioners of whom Daniel was one. So Daniel was a commissioner that these satraps may be accountable to them and that the king might not suffer loss. Then this Daniel began distinguishing himself among the commissioners and satraps because he possessed an extraordinary spirit. And the king planned to put him over the entire kingdom. Look at what happened. Then the commissioners and satraps began trying to find a ground of accusation against Daniel in regard to government affairs. But they could find no ground of accusation or evidence of corruption. Inasmuch as he was faithful and no negligence or corruption was to be found in him. Then this man said, look at what they said about Daniel. We will not find any ground of accusation against this Daniel unless we find it against him with regard to the law of his God. What a testimony. What a... Daniel inspires me big time. He says there was no negligence finding his job. That means, ah, man, you know, I'm going to teach this, eh? And I'm going to write a book on it. Imagine people are finding a reason to report you in your work. And all your enemies come and say, you know what? We will not find anything wrong with this guy's work. The only area will be with his God. You are a good guy, I'm telling you. Ah, look at this. 
Then they put the law, alright? You know they put that law. Then what happened? Daniel uh, just wanted to go to verse 10 quickly because of our time. Now when Daniel knew that the document was signed, he entered his house. Now in, the, in his roof chamber, he had windows open toward Jerusalem. And he continued. Everybody say he continued. He continued. Say it one more time. Say he continued. So that means that Daniel did not pray because the document was signed. This was his life. This was his life. So because they knew that prayer was his life, they decided to put the law in prayers so they can catch him. What happened? He continued kneeling on his knees three times a day, praying and giving thanks before his God. Look at this. As he had been doing previously. This is my question to you. Daniel was a commissioner. Right? He was not negligent in any of his job. But he found time to pray three times a day. Hello? Did you see? He continued kneeling on his knees three times a day, praying and giving thanks before his God, as he had been previously doing. How did Daniel, who was a commissioner, find time to pray three times a day? How did Daniel find that time? You look at yourself today and you say you can't find time to pray. You are not yet a commissioner. If they look at your job, a lot of mistakes. So it's not like because you are so diligent in your job. Let me tell you this. Eh? I hope, let me tell you, let me just say this to you. I hope it will be a sober rep- a reflection for you in this life. When you stand before the Lord, all the excuses you have. God will show you someone who lived the life he wanted you to live who had the same conditions. When you come and say, God, I didn't have time, God will bring Daniel and say, Daniel, tell him, give him your work schedule. Working for an earthly king when you are a slave. You are not working to be paid. You are a slave that was selected. So that king will use you. And, and, and God will say, Daniel, tell him how you were not negligent. How nothing was found in your job. Then tell him how you find time to pray three times a day. That Daniel practically interceded for the purposes of God. How did he find time to read the prophecies of Jeremiah? And this is what the, the Spirit of the Lord pointed to my heart. When Nebuchadnezzar now came and said, if you don't find the meaning to this dream, I'm going to kill all of you. He said, give us time. Because he has developed a habit of fellowshipping with the Lord. He was sure God was going to give him the secret. He didn't say, hey, Jesus, we are gone. You know, most people want to generate faith when there is problem. When you don't have a habit. Hmm? All this one I'm saying, principle of sleeping early and praying, yeah, it's tough. Until a doctor's report comes. Yeah, you will not start praying. Eh? Send people away so you can pray. Ah, no, no, I don't know how they will feel. Until when some tribulation comes, say, leave me. It's me and my God. I will not let you go. You see, all the things you say you don't have time for now, when trouble comes, the time will be in abundance. So if you are wise, you will take this message, you will listen to it again, and sit down and craft your time. This is my prayer time. Your boss will not give it to you. 
Your children will not give it to you. Your husband will not give it to you. Your wife will not give it to you. You have to say, this is the time I will read God's word. This is the time I will study. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And let me tell you, saints, the purposes of God does not stand still because we refuse to respond. We are the ones that miss out from what God wants to do. That's something I've always learned that keeps me on my toes. We're not indispensable. We're not. If God wants to have something done and we don't have the time for it, He will raise up someone to do the same thing. Because God's purpose will not wait. And let me tell you, as a wrap up, any excuse you give for not growing up, growing up spiritually can be backed up legitimately. But no excuse is worth it. Any excuse. I don't, I don't have time to pray because of... Ah, well done. I don't have time to do this because of... Well done. But no excuse is worth it. I'd like us to stand on our feet. I want us to pray a prayer of rededication. Let's rededicate ourselves. Let's decide that we will be people who will be committed to spiritual growth. Let's decide that we will not lose our wonder. We will not lose our gaze. Pray, 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 pray. Pray for yourself. I don't know if you've been touched, if you've been impacted, but you make up your mind. I'm making up my mind also. I will not, too, I will not get too busy like the apostles that I will not give attention to word and prayer. Lift your voice and begin to pray. Can I hear you pray? Just pray a prayer of rededication. Lord, I rededicate myself. I, I commit to growth. I commit to studying. I commit to reading. Oh, Shaparadeh and Amosede. Oh, Vratesh Kadeba Sonda Bahatesh. Oh, Vratesh Kadadadadabose Telemondo Boshakataye. We'll make time. We'll make time for the things of God. We will not relent. When God is looking for a man in our generation, we'll be found. We'll be found. We'll be found. Oh, we will be found. We will be found. Shakatala man de 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 bosu. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email info at pastormax.ng or you can call 0805-888-7575 God bless you.